Hey everyone, this is Jake Herring, and I'm joined by my friend, co-host, and co-worker, Cody Klein. And on today's Candeo Equipping Podcast, we're talking with Josh and Yachty Allen as we continue our four-part conversation about race, diversity, and the church. We hope you find this conversation helpful. So this is conversation two of a four-part conversation that we really wanted to start, uh, at least model kind of a series of these conversations coming out of you and I talking a couple Sundays ago about starting conversations before making statements and how that's so important, especially in this politically and racially charged culture that we have. And so uh, we reached out to you guys, um, not because either of you are black, but because, Yada, you're from Costa Rica. And so we'll get in a little bit to your story because I just wanted our people also to hear some of your story because it's amazing, you know. And then kind of jump into some things as you guys have talked in your own home about uh, about race and diversity in the church and stuff like that. But before we jump in, Josh, you're the one of the newest members yeah. of our elder team. Yeah. So yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Man. Thanks. Thanks. It's been great uh, jumping in. And You're not 12 years old. I'm not 12 years old. You look 12. <laughs> I am a little older than Steven. You're but not, not much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got that Peter Pan syndrome <laughs> yeah, going yeah, on. That's, it's good. He's just wonder. Benjamin man. Button. You know, but, yeah. however, whatever you want to say. <laughs> That's awesome. But serving as an elder and people would probably also know the two of you from leading on the worship team uh, mm-hmm. quite frequently. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it's yep. awesome. Been Power blessed couple. to be a part of that, and um, and then jumping into the elder team, man, it's, we're excited to, about how God's going to lead that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. So Yadi, I mentioned at the beginning of this, your story is pretty unique. Yes, Com- it is. I mean, compared <laughs> to just maybe the general person you would meet on the street. So can you give us like the short version? I know there's there's a long version, it's but can you give version. us a kind of a summary version sure. of your story? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I'm born and raised in San Jose, Costa Rica. Um, no, just because I'm Latina doesn't mean it's Mexico or I don't like spicy. You know, I get that a lot. No, okay. there's Costa Rica's <laughs> down in Central America, beautiful country. So, you know, promoting it here. So if you guys want a place to go, go to Costa Rica. Costa Rica. <laughs> and um, let's see. Well, um, I was born in March 6, 19-something. And we won't say what the no. year is, no. Just do the math, twenty nine ninety nine. if that helps. And um, I was raised by my grandma. My grandma was my dad in Costa and my mom. Rica, right? In Costa Rica, okay, yeah. yes. Um, I won't get into much detail, but my mom couldn't um, raise me, so she gave me up to my grandma and my dad. And um, around age 11, my dad also decided to make... Uh, Path and he left. So my mm. grandma was my dad and my mom at the same time. Wow. But at the same time, I know that God was always there with me. Regardless, I um, I knew that he was going to do something big. And around the same time, around 12, I met this amazing couple from Rainbow, Iowa, Pastor Roger and Liz C. And they came to my school. They did a a fixing. um, I grew up really poor, so that takes Mm. me back a little bit. So um, all my school friends were poor. Our classrooms are pretty bad, huh? And then the um, um, Americans would come as missionaries, and they would fix those classes and stuff. And so that's how I met 
list. Mm. And I was just immediately attracted to her personality. And I thought, Lord, I don't know what it's about this lady, but bless her, bless her family. Well, that was when I was 11 that I met her, 11, about 12. Then fast forward um, when I'm 14, and um, God just started opening doors, and they asked, um, you know, they came back to another mission trip down to Costa Rica. And um, once again, it was that connection. It was, I can't explain it, but it felt like I have known them all my life. Mm. And so they, um, they wanted to meet my parents. And I said, well, you meet my grandma. And they, they were like, no, your parents. And I said, no, actually, I was bor um, born at, you know, someone said, but I was raised by my grandma. And they were just immediately, um, both start crying. And I was, I was just like, why are they crying? What's mm -hmm. the problem here? <laughs> but um, they just felt compelled to hear my story. And I just shared with them that my mom left when I was two, then my dad when I was 11. So I was raised by my dad. And they just wanted to be my grandma. And they met her. And I mean, it's crazy, crazy events that happen. But my grandma always wanted the best for me. Mm. And they asked me, well, would you consider coming to US? for like a foreign exchange student. And I was all about it, I said, yeah, sure. Well, the people in charge of the government there say no, absolutely not. This little girl mm. needs to be adopted or if she was 18. Mm. Long story short, um, they turned to me and said, would you mind being adopted, you know? Wow. And it's so God, because now looking back, I don't know how I wasn't nervous, I didn't have questions, I looked at them and said, sure. Mm. And God unfolded and opened the doors. Nine months later, September 4, 1995, I became a C. So I have three wow. amazing brothers. Wow. And um, yeah, that's how I end up in Iowa. And that's why I have an accent still, uh. because I was older when uh. I came here. And, yeah, you were uh, 14 when you came here. Yeah, yeah, I was 14 when I was adopted. And years, a couple of years later, I met Mr. Allen here. <laughs> and our love story is a different story, but that's tell, that's tell people what you call him affectionately. Poppy. 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 Yeah. Is it Poppy? I love it. And Jake also calls me Poppy. Coincidentally. I do. Yeah. Because I love it so much actually. <laughs> I'm just different Josh, that's all right. Yes. I'm fine with it. Yeah. So so can I ask a follow up question yes. with all this? Uh, what was it like to move into Ooh. Rhinebeck, Iowa? I mean, which is yeah. kind of Salt of the Earth, Iowa in general yes. is predominantly white, mm -hmm. uh, blue collar town. I mean, moving in as an, a minority, I. It was hard. Yeah, okay. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I think I was the only Latina or any complexion in Rainbeck, period. Mm. And my mom, well, she's, she's Mexican, half Mexican. And so, but other than that, there was no diversity. Mm. And thankfully, my parents were very strong leaders and always made me feel secure. Mm. But I'm telling you guys, um, after a month of being in the U.S., I was sent to a school in Waterloo, and there was a big-time diversity. There was blacks, whites, um, Latinos, and a mix. And it was great, but it was very hard because I didn't feel like I fit in. Mm. I remember specifically the first day of school, I came with my tray after lunch, or uh, to have lunch, I'm sorry, and uh, I looked around, and it's crazy to believe, but even in 1995, K 
kids had their own groups. There was a white group, there was a black group, the Mexicans, the nerds, the mm -hmm. I don't know. And I stood there looking around like, where am I gonna go? I don't know where to sit here. Mm. And luckily, my grandma raised me to be confident. So I found a table and I went and sat by myself for like a week. Wow. And, but I'll never forget this little girl that came up to me and said, can I sit with you? And going back, when I first came here, my parents taught me two things because I didn't know any English. I just knew hi. So they taught me to say, I'm happy to be in Iowa. And yes, so everything was yes, right? So she said, she said, can I sit here? And I looked at her and said, yes. So she sat down and I said, I'm happy to be in Iowa. And she's looking at me like, okay. okay. <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. Pretty much. Yeah. She kept blowing. I'm like, yes, yes. And that It was really hard. It was very hard. Yeah. And then eventually, um, I remember, I won't say what race, but this other group said, so you're Mexican? And I said, no, I'm Costa Rican. And they're like, oh, you're okay. Hey, she's not Mexican. And those hmm. kids came and sat with me. And it was shocking wow. to me because I didn't grow up like that, mm. that diversity like that. Mm. And it was, I'm thinking, yikes, even at a young age, this is happening. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that was a quite eye-opening mm. to say the least and so and yeah. how how did that so going middle school high school what's your experience been maybe like post high school even as it's related to mm. to race issues the feeling the differences of cultures yeah I guess especially I having come to America when you're in your teens right well, I think after after I passed high school stage, it was better. College was so much better. People weren't as judgy or apprehensive. I felt like people were apprehensive, even though I don't think I looked threatening, but my accent must, hmm. I don't know. Hmm. But people would, I remember avoiding talking to me. I don't, I don't know why, but I did get that a lot. Hmm. Or got prejudice um, statements like, well, you're not from here, go back to your own country, or why are you here? You don't fit in, you know, and mm. just, I got a lot of those things. Wow. But um, regardless, um, later in life, those, those events helped me to be better uh, parent, better friend, mm. to look around and see who's there mm. and see them for people and not for what they look like, what they sound like, what they smell like, you know. Mm. So it definitely was a big challenge and um, a growing experience mm. in all aspects because I didn't grow up like that. Yeah. I didn't grow up feeling ex uh, excluded. I, I always felt like mm. God made us all, like mm. he created us all and we're all alike. Mm. So that was a big, big, big change wow. yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yadi, I'd just say in that, I, I'm speaking for you as well. I'm sorry for your experiences in that. I mean, especially knowing just the person that you are and the beautiful mm -hmm. friend that you are for my wife and I and mm. the Herring's such a delightful person. I'm sorry that those were your experiences. I had yeah. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. And actually, I was curious, Josh, if I could pull you in here because you, you started dating yeah. in high school. And yeah. so you've been alongside Yachty for a number of years. Mm -hmm. What have been some of your experiences as you've walked through life together? 
Yeah, I think for me, I grew up here in just 20 minutes from here. So I didn't have much diversity growing up. I just knew white rural America until I uh, met her and then got an eye opening of, of story after story of her coming here first of all and then her growing up in another country and, and in a poor situation. Just that alone, I had no concept for, no category for poor, poor, like dirt floor poor, mm -hmm. uh, having absolutely nothing. And so, um, yeah, entering into a, a relationship, friend, friend relationship first and then just getting exposed to that was eye-opening for me. And then as we began to date and, and become more attracted to each other in, um, in a relationship like that standpoint, um, thinking about how that would, how that would all work and how, how can I come together with, with her and that story. And um, I, I had some barriers to get over in that even in my own mind. I don't know why, but uh, probably just some natural prejudice that I didn't even know I had. And then, um, She's been really good for for me for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, just helping me grow in diversity. Obviously, the there's a cultural difference, but even the socioeconomical uh, economical difference and um, and the way you're taught, the way you're brought up, and the way you raise kids, mm -hmm. and broken family, not broken family, uh, all those things have really helped shape me and grow me in that area. Mm -hmm. so. I even taught him how to salsa. Yeah, I did <laughs> salsa for a, a, a short yeah, stint in life. Yeah. Can we stand up for a time, time in my life? We might end, just yeah. have to, yeah. That was, that was just a phase. <laughs> you can bring that into like a Sunday morning your worship contest. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so you, you mentioned uh, it's shaped, it shaped how you parent. You mentioned it shaped you and also a lot of the ways that you even uh, lead and manage your household like what does that look like as you raise your girls uh as you talk through things you know cultural things like, like how, how do you talk to your girls about what's going on in the world around them like today what do those conversations look like in your home i think one for one thing for us as parents anyway we've been very a lot of people would probably say too too much so yeah. forthright with our girls about mm -hmm. life just mm -hmm. all of life and this is another one of those issues that we I mean our girls are are 11 8 and 2 and or 3 and uh or sorry 9 and nine. 3 now we just had a birthday wow. yeah I yeah. can't forget that I saw that we just had a birthday <laughs> and but the 9 and 11 especially um and and 3 as she gets older will will continue that style more than likely but um just being very forthright with with things and race is one of them and we kind of have a, a unique situation in that we can um, draw from experience like life experience and they've had a chance to even travel back to Costa Rica with us and ex and wow, yeah. you know see the places mm -hmm. and, and meet the people and see where the stories happened and mm -hmm. go to the school and, and all those kinds of things so that's been a really neat opportunity but um, I think f just that Honesty. I mean, just rawness. We've been very, very open and said, "Hey, this is this is how people feel. Like mm. when you say this or when you act this way, um, this is or this is what they're thinking." We try to speak to the things that are not being said. The nonverbal communication. That mm. hey, when you're looking at somebody this way, they can feel that, and they this is how they might interpret that. Or you see a new kid in your school that's not like you, be the first to be their friend. Don't. Mm. Don't be the one that's joining in the clique in the in the other 
conversations that are yeah. going so on. So what like, you're talking about here, Josh, is not like a reactionary. Hey, this is on the news, so yeah. here's how we should think about that. You're talking about like day-to-day yeah. parenting, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah. Would you add anything to that, Yadi? Yeah. And from I, the parent perspective? I, for the parent perspective, absolutely. And I think and a thing that I challenge them is not to take things for granted. Mm-hmm. We are a blessed nation and that we should be able to bless others by accepting them for who they are. Mm-hmm. And also also being able to um, just look beyond the, page, the, the people's skin or beyond how they're acting because sometimes they say, well, mommy, they're mean. And I said, but you don't know what kind of home they have. Right. You know, they, they're probably hurt by something. Maybe ask them if they're hurt. And just like that, like Josh was mentioning, always challenging them to be better. I know I'm very particular on like, they're not picky when mm. it comes to food because I say, I didn't have food, okay? So mm-hmm. this is a big deal, okay? Mm-hmm. So don't dare or like clothes or shoes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something that I let them take for granted. Mm. And the same with um, other people. I say, you know what? Just like God um, adopted all of us, I'm adopted, but God adopted all of us to be one. I said, so don't ever look down on someone that doesn't talk or look like you. Mm. And I'm constantly challenging them. And, um, you know, I, I make jokes about my accent and stuff and, and because I want them to be just confident in who they are mm. and realize that, yeah, God made you unique. And um, you need to go and treat people differently because you don't know what difference you're making in those people's lives. Like, I still remember the little blonde girl that say, hey, you want can I sit with you? Hmm. I said, you don't know what difference you're making on someone's life. Mm-hmm. So get out of your shell or get out of your, oh, I'm, I'm uncomfortable, and treat people right. Hmm. And so I think that's, wow. that's the biggest challenge I brought yeah. into wow. that. I think wow. one of the spe- like specific things, like example, I guess, that we could give is just the, the language. So we've tried intentionally for our girls to learn Spanish. And mm. so she spoke Spanish in the house for as long as they've been alive. And and we really had a struggle at one point with both of the older girls mm-hmm. of feeling very insecure about, yes. like, I don't want to speak the language because I don't want people to, they think it's funny or they think yeah. it's weird. Interesting. And trying to explain to them like that's that's part of our heritage like that's part of your mom's upbringing mm-hmm. that's that's part of our culture now so mm-hmm. it, you should be proud of it and yeah. um, all the things that go along with that how how that will help them even further along in life and, and it, it, the, I don't think it clicked until they went with us and they realized whoa there's a bigger world right, right. outside mm. my own little cocoon in yeah. Raybeck, yeah. Iowa <laughs> so i yeah. think that was the biggest challenge for them to realize wow wow this is beautiful there there's mm. so many colors so many exciting things in the world yeah, and I mean, so they asked you know the, the honest questions of like I didn't know there were cars there. Are there cars there? <laughs> Did you have a toilet? Yeah, Did you have all those kinds of questions. That's funny because I was talking to uh, Josh yesterday, and he's from Uganda. Mm. And he was like, yeah, people ask, like, is it like you see in the movies, just like animals running around? Yes. Like, right. Do you have electricity? It's like, yes, right. we have electricity yes. right. in Uganda. Like, it's it's yes. not this caricature right. of, you know, this, right. like, but we, but we do have those kind of, like, mm-hmm. I, I had that mm-hmm. thing going on. Just, like, I, 
you don't know what you don't know, I guess. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Like you so, guys are such great parents. Like I yeah. love hearing those stories and that's challenging. I mean, it really mm-hmm. is of how to think about taking that into our own households. And I'm, I'm curious, I think this is kind of like the wrap up kind of question, but you know, you heard Jake and I kind of speak to our church family about wanting to really grow as a, a church that is diverse. And um, I'd love to hear from you. Just like, could you add your voices into this? Like, how would you challenge the church family that you're a part of to, to grow? Like, what steps could we take? What are actionable items that, that we could mm. put in place in our own lives? From the college students to parents beyond, what would mm. you say as you speak into that? Well, I personally would say don't be shy. Just because you come and you see somebody from a different culture or a different color of skin, um, and you automatically think, oh, they're, they're, they have people around. I don't need to say hello. I don't need to associate. He looks mad or angry. You just don't know mm-hmm. what you just don't know. You, that person might be really lonely. Mm-hmm. And so it's like treat people like you would like to be treated. That's my thing. Always just be welcoming, love mm-hmm. them, and invite them to your house. Make a difference. That's that's what I tell my girls. Make a difference. Whatever you do, learn to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I think as a, as a church, that's what we need to do. Growing up um, Christian, I remember specifically when we had missionaries or, or people visiting from other cultures, it felt like one because it was never like everybody turned around like they're different like it was never like that it was always welcome hey what are you doing for today do you want to come over yeah and they just always very warm and that's that's something that it would love to see Mm. in churches and i think that would change a lot and close a lot of the gaps that are there yeah that's helpful what about you josh Yeah, I, uh, I agree with a lot of that, just that welcoming spirit. And um, I, I th- around this conversation, I always think of, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about racial equality and racial inequality. I, I fear that somehow that can, that can kind of creep into the church too, where, it, where we try to eliminate distinctions. Mm. I, I would be a, cautious about us trying to not make distinctions like embrace different cultures i think we see that throughout throughout god how god's kingdom is designed it's every tribe every tongue every nation Mm -hmm. all the way to the end even Mm -hmm. in heaven we see every tribe every tongue every nation it's not it's not equality in the sense that we're all the same right right we got to maintain the distinctions Mm -hmm. but there but yet god divides a, a very sharp distinction between right and wrong, good and evil. Like we're, we're mm-hmm. dividing constantly with these like horizontal lines of lower class, middle class. Mm-hmm. And God's got one perpendicular line, like left or right, sheep or goat. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to keep, mm-hmm. keep our distinctions clear as a church, as Christians, right and wrong, mm-hmm. righteous, unrighteous, but maintain our, our racial diversity and mm. embrace that as a, as a people of God, uh, how, how it's in his kingdom. Uh, absolutely. And that's, I think that's, that's just awesome. part of, of growing as a Christian mm. in your yeah. acceptance and your love for all of humanity. Right. Yeah, well said, Josh. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, that's and, beautiful. I, and I, have to, I have to imagine that. It, it's so easy, I think, for, for people to to place caricatures, you know, the, do you have running water? Do you have to have these pictures in our minds of what 
a people is like kind of based on on stereotypes of a group, right? And right. so so a real tangible thing that I can think of is even it was interesting to us even moving to Cedar Falls how there there seemed to be um, kind of the way that Waterloo was spoken of was a little bit more of a negative mm -hmm. thing where it's like Waterloo's the hood, mm -hmm. you know, or yeah. something like that, yeah, where right. it's like, like subtle things like that, especially as I think of the way you guys are talking about like raising your children, where mm -hmm. it's like to be mindful that our kids are listening, they are listening. and are very, yeah. very in tune to the way that we speak to people and about people yep. and about groups of people or even locations Absolutely. that can be associated with groups. Like yep. to just be very mindful of that, you know, even, even for us, like, having noticed that just as like white people we're like it, it it threw a flag in our mind that's like i need to be really uh careful of the language that i use yeah. even in speaking of the cedar falls waterloo area mm -hmm. yep. um and so that's very that's true. something we we try to do in our own household too yeah, so and that's yeah. so true i think it all stems from your house how do you mm -hmm. talk how do, are the kids following because mm -hmm. when i like going back to the story when i came i mean we were in eighth grade and for a kid to tell me, why don't you go back to your own country? I'm thinking, how does he, you know, that has to be stemmed from his home. Something. And I thought, wow, that's that's really young to have that kind of feelings, you know, yeah. so. Because the was, reality is like, like our, our children will be shaped by someone. Absolutely. It's just a matter of who is it, who is it gonna be? And so the be? proactive posture that, that you both have taken and, and being very, open honest maybe overly so it, it's almost as though it's like you'd almost rather default on being like telling your kids too much right. and not telling them nearly enough and letting yeah. their peers in seventh eighth grade Absolutely. and we know the the level of discernment and wisdom that's <laughs> yeah. seventh and eighth grade. So, like no we we all were that at one point you know we've, yeah. we've grown hopefully so Absolutely. but it's i thought like, i was at the height in eighth grade I know. Uh, <laughs> dude i knew everything there was a moment where i thought if i knew how to tie my shoes and whistle that i knew everything yeah, right. no joke i was probably like that's awesome. 28 yeah. when i thought that. so but oh. you're right i mean kids will find an audience somewhere yeah, yeah. They, they will and it might as well be us absolutely parents. absolutely yeah, yeah. I think, Josh, what your words just reminded me of, it's just the importance of going back to the simple things. I think this goes back even to our conversation uh, in front of our church family, acknowledging that all people are made in the image of God and yeah. so therefore are incredibly valuable. And if I can look at the world through a gospel lens yeah. and stop mm -hmm. creating the divides that others around me may affirm or state or draw or whatever, but to see the world as God sees it with diversity, mm -hmm. uh, with, with color, with, with the vibrancy that's there, but to view all people as in need of Jesus, mm -hmm. then why would I not right. go to this place or that place, yeah. regardless of socioeconomic or skin color or whatever, right. uh, because I want people to know Jesus and I want yep. all people to find their greatest joy in Jesus. Mm -hmm. that, the mission statement of our church is not just for white people. Right. right. You know, it's not mm -hmm. just for a particular crowd, it's for all people. And yep. so to to pass it along to our children, you know, to think of a next generation focus where the church would be more beautiful mm -hmm. among the next generation than even the one that we've received, well then that's a gift that we can mm -hmm. disciple into our kids and we can give to the next generation as a, as a church that thinks through that gospel lens yeah. and is able then to gather a diverse mm. group of people Absolutely. for the worship of Jesus here and for eternal Absolutely. glory, which is just 
delightful. So oh, yeah, I, yeah. I loved that, you know, moving from the horizontal line to the, the vertical line. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Well said. Man. Well, we really appreciate you guys coming in and helping contribute to this conversation. It's I've been saying it's kind of like eating an elephant, and we're in the process um, of picking up the fork. Sure. And so <laughs> though this conversation was short and obviously couldn't be exhaustive in a lot of ways, uh, I really appreciate uh, your perspective. And, and Josh, even as you uh, jump on the elder team and help shepherd our church to, to reach this aspirational reality that the church would reflect the kingdom of God in as many ways as we can yeah. here on earth as we look forward to Jesus coming back or us being with him when we die so thanks for inviting us into the conversation absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah let's keep it going thanks that's right <laughs>